0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So last Sunday was wonderful, with gorgeous flowers, glorious music, incense, all the bells and whistles, and as it should be. It was the Sunday of the resurrection. And today... Well, suffice it to say that this Sunday is frequently called Low Sunday. The choir is taking a well-deserved break. Everyone is exhausted from all the activities and services of Holy Week. And probably one of the good things is there's parking for everybody in the parking garage. But we are still living in that moment. The tomb is empty. Jesus has risen. And we are living into the power of the resurrection. And the gospel reading for today tells us that it is still the evening of that day, the day of the resurrection. And the disciples were confused and they were afraid. The man who had been their teacher and their friend had been arrested, tried, and crucified. And now his tomb was empty, and they didn't know what it meant. We find them hiding behind closed doors out of fear, Though I think if they were going to be arrested, it probably would have happened in the Garden of Gethsemane when they were with Jesus. Remember, Peter was swinging that sword around. I've always found that a very curious detail, but that's a whole other subject for another day. They were hiding behind the walls of that room because they were afraid. They were afraid of the future. They were afraid for their lives. They saw what had happened to Jesus and were afraid of what would happen to them. They were afraid, and fear makes people act in strange ways. They'll behave differently. Some might run away, say things they ordinarily wouldn't say. Others will hide. They'll stay hidden behind walls, the biggest wall and the strongest wall they can find or build, sure that they will be safe. And it isn't hard for us to imagine ourselves doing the exact same thing. We, like the disciples, often hide behind walls and locked doors, locking ourselves in and others out when we feel threatened or afraid. I traveled to Haiti several years ago uh, to work in the hospital Bernard Mev in Port-au-Prince. I went on two separate occasions. And... As you probably know, Haiti is a country of extreme poverty, and the earthquake just made that poverty just that much worse. On my second visit, I had the chance to drive out to visit a coworker who was living up in an apartment way up in the hills of Port-au-Prince. And driving through the winding streets, avoiding the deep holes and the, the debris that was in the road, we drove up that hill. And the higher up the hill we went, the larger the homes got. With each of the homes surrounded by 10 to 12 foot high block walls and sturdy gates. But what was stunning was the destruction from the earthquake. Many of the homes were destroyed. The only thing remaining, a winding staircase, a chimney, or a portion of the house. But the high block walls that had been built for the owner's protection was still standing and intact for every single home I saw in that drive up the hill. And I thought of those walls in Haiti guarding the debris of someone's home when I traveled to Israel and saw the giant wall separating the Israeli people and the Palestinians. And I walked along that wall with profound sadness for the people of Israel. And the people of Palestine, a place that is a spiritual home to Jews, Muslims, and Christians. The very walls of the ancient buildings saturated with pilgrims' prayers and worship over the centuries. It's a thin place, as the Irish will call it, a place where the veil between heaven and earth is very thin. And at every moment, there's a chance to encounter the divine, And in spite of that, it's a land divided by giant ugly walls and fear and violence. And we have our own walls separating us from each other right here in Arizona, too, with constant rhetoric of building it higher and longer. These walls are symbolic of the fear, suspicion, and hostility that separate us one from another. Walls are not only built around us, they're constantly being built within us. I'm not naive. I recognize that there's evil out there. But we can never build walls that are high enough or strong enough to protect ourselves and to keep all of the fears at bay. Our fears—fear of violence, fear of the other. Fear tells us that we must protect ourselves. Fear whispers that the stranger wants to harm us. Fear convinces us to build walls to lock our doors— to only trust those whom we know. Fear can paralyze us. A writer in the New York Times says this about walls. Walls are built not for security, but for a sense of security. The the distinction is important, as those who commission them know very well. He goes on, what a wall satisfies is not so much a material need as a mental one. Walls protect people not from the barbarians, but from anxieties and fears, which can often be more terrible than the worst vandals. In this way, they are built not for those who live outside them, threatening as they may be, but for those who dwell within. In a certain sense, then, what is built is not a wall, but a state of mind. And it is as it was with the disciples. Their fear that had them hiding in that darkened room with the doors locked. But Jesus moved through the locked doors and those walls. He doesn't wait to be recognized. He speaks first. Peace be with you. An ordinary greeting. The modern Israeli shalom. The Arab salam. But here it means also those other words that he spoke to them so often. Be not afraid. He appears in that locked room of fear. He speaks the word that sets them free. Peace be with you. And he breathes on them, filling them with the Holy Spirit. The disciples couldn't stay behind those walls any more than Jesus could be contained within his tomb. So he opened the doors and sent them out into a future they couldn't see to places they didn't know, with the words, As my Father sent me, so I send you, to do the work he had given them to do. And Jesus comes to us as Jesus came to those first disciples. The walls we build around ourselves to keep others away and ourselves safe cannot keep them out. He's not stopped. By the doors we build, the doors we lock, or the walls we build out of our anxieties and out of our fear. Jesus is always on the other side of whatever wall we build to protect ourselves. Jesus comes as Jesus always comes into our closed communities and into our fearful hearts. He comes speaking peace, shalom, salam, be not afraid. He comes breathing peace into our anxious hearts, the breath of the Holy Spirit. And the risen Jesus is still breathing on us. Just as his disciples on that evening of that day were sent, Jesus is sending you and me out today, out those doors to do the work he has given us to do, to love one another as we are so loved. He breathes into us the deep peace of the Holy Spirit releases us from the fears that haunt us and hold us captive. As my Father sent me, so I send you, speaking and living and doing the gospel of mercy and justice. The tomb is empty. Jesus has risen. Let us live in the power of the resurrection, opening the doors that keep us from living, tearing down the walls that divide us, pouring out our lives for the world that God so loves. We, too, are filled with the breath of the Holy Spirit. Let us breathe peace into those living in fear, welcoming the stranger and those living on the margins. Let us love one another as we have been so very loved. Amen.